0: Open the podcast bay door as hell. Welcome to episode 35 of Welcome to Geek Town. I'm your host, Kurt Onstead. I've been a proud geek all my life, being into role-playing games, board games, sci-fi, fantasy, and especially superheroes and comics. And I want to help others join me in those pursuits. But I've found that sometimes people can get overwhelmed or feel left out because they don't already have what some consider the requisite knowledge to be considered a fan and that's where Welcome to Geek Town comes in. Here, you can ask your questions without feeling like a gatekeeper is calling you out for not yet being fully versed in every aspect of your new interest. First, a quick shout-out to my patrons. That's currently Josh Bald, Michelle Cruz, and Utak Zul. I really hope I'm pronouncing that last one correctly. I appreciate your support and want everyone to know that. If you want to join in the patrons, you can do so over at patreon.com slash welcome to geek town. It's just a dollar per month, and in addition to getting your monthly shout out, you also get access to the bloopers for episodes and full scripts. If you have ideas for other rewards that would entice you to sign up, let me know, and I'll consider adding them to the mix. One last thing before we get into the topic in earnest, and that is a content warning. I do my best to keep this podcast family-friendly. However, the discussion in this episode touches on adult themes. I won't be getting explicit, but if you normally listen to this with your kid or kids, you may want to check it out on your own first before sharing it with anyone that hasn't yet heard the talk. Okay, with that out of the way, let's get started. This episode, we're starting a new recurring feature that I'm calling Death Becomes You. Due to a Facebook discussion started by Joel L., I'll be going over some of the more unusual deaths that have occurred in comics. Now, usually I like to stick to the primary continuity of the universe in question, but because of where this online discussion began, I'm going to cover a non-canonical death in this premiere let's get into the unusual demise of Mary Jane Watson Parker, the wife of Spider-Man, that took place in the miniseries titled Spider-Man Rain. Now, before we get to the death in particular, I should get you up to speed on this miniseries. Written and drawn by Carr Andrews, this four-issue story released in 2006 to 2007 takes place 30 years in the future in a New York City that has rid itself of superpowered heroes and villains, the city is run by Mayor Waters, who has suspended elections in the name of security and uses a security force known as the Rain to keep order. Those of you who are familiar with some of the big comic book stories that have defined the genre may be drawing comparisons to one of those tales particularly The Dark Knight Returns. The book does not shy away from these comparisons. Carr's artwork style in the book is definitely influenced by Frank Miller's art in Dark Knight Returns, and the exposition in Spider-Man Rain is mostly delivered by a pair of TV journalists, a storytelling device also used in Dark Knight Returns. One of the journalists is even named Miller Jansen from the last names of Frank Miller and Klaus Janson, the two primary creative talents behind Dark Knight Returns. The story focuses around Spider-Man's return from retirement at the behest of the very aged J. Jonah Jameson, who, in this timeline, is aware of Peter Parker's secret identity. Jameson has suspicions that someone in Mayor Waters' office, perhaps even the mayor himself, is infected by the Venom symbiote. This turns out to be true with the mayor's assistant, Edward Sachs, being the one infected. Sachs slash Venom plan to use the new web security system, said to be able to keep out any attacks from outside, to instead keep all of New York citizens trapped inside the web, and thus have an entire city to devour and turn into symbiotes themselves. Spider Man is eventually able to defeat Venom, as well as the Sinister Six that Mayor Waters agreed to release from prison and let leave New York freely if they first destroyed the wall crawler. Spidey's able to do all of this despite being out of practice for at least 20 years and being shown to be physically worn down as a thin, somewhat decrepit senior citizen. The series ends with J. Jonah Jameson on the air, proclaiming that while crime is back to its pre-reign levels, that since the heroes are back as well, that all is for the best. So, how does all of this tie into the death of Mary Jane? We'll find out right after this. there are a lot of ways you can listen to Welcome to Geek Town. But did you know that you can actually get paid just for listening to this or almost any of your other favorite podcasts? I recently found out about this free app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. Here's how it works. You listen to podcasts and you earn PodCoin while you listen. Then you turn that PodCoin in for gift cards at places like Amazon or Starbucks. Or if you're feeling generous, you could even donate that PodCoin to charity. The more you listen, the more you earn. Just download the app right now on iPhone or Android and use the sign-up code GeekTown and you'll get 300 bonus PodCoin just for signing up. Keep listening. And eventually, you'll earn enough PodCoin to get a cappuccino at Starbucks or an Amazon gift card worth a few bucks. So go ahead and go listen to this podcast on PodCoin and sign up with the code GeekTown. Thanks. And now, back to the show. Now, let's get to the reason we're talking about this story in the first place which is Mary Jane. In the first issue, we're introduced to a silent Mary Jane that Peter talks to, who we eventually realize is simply a hallucination of Peter's. It turns out MJ died of cancer years before the story opens. You may be thinking to yourself, Cancer? That's sad, but it's not that unusual a death. Well, the details push it over the edge, as you'll soon hear. In issue three, Spider-Man is rescued from a fight with the Sinister Six by Dr. Octopus. Sort of. More accurately, Doc Ock's autonomous arms, still attached to the corpse of Otto Octavius, rescue Spidey. They carry him off to the graves of Aunt May, Uncle Ben, and Mary Jane. They then proceed to dig up the grave of Mary Jane. We find out that Peter had buried his last red and blue Spider-Man costume with MJ when she died. And that's when we also learn the full details of her death. Peter, cradling Mary Jane's corpse in his arms, delivers the following soliloquy. The doctors didn't understand how it happened. How you had been poisoned with radioactivity. How your body slowly became riddled with cancer. I did. I was... I am filled with radioactive blood. And not just blood. Every fluid. Touching me. Loving me. Loving me killed you. Like a spider crawling up inside your body and laying a thousand eggs of cancer. I killed you. End quote. That's right. Due to the radioactivity in Spider-Man's... fluids, Mary Jane contracted cancer. While overall the Spider-Man Reign story received positive reviews, as you can imagine, this scene in particular was called out as a misstep in an otherwise well-told tale. Some even went so far as to call it pornographic. While I think that's a stretch, it definitely qualifies as one of the more unusual deaths in the comic book world. So, Joel, and all you other listeners, I hope that quenches your curiosity about this particular demise. As I mentioned near the beginning of the episode, I plan to make this a recurring feature, mostly focusing on deaths that took place in the main continuity of Marvel, DC, Valiant, or other comic book universes. If you have a particular suggestion, feel free to send it in. It looks like this episode would be a little on the shorter side if we ended there, so let's brush off an old recurring feature and talk about a famous sci-fi slash fantasy quote whose origins you may not know. One that I've heard paraphrased many times is, The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, or the one. You've probably heard this, or a variation of this, many times in popular fiction. I've even seen people assume it's from the Bible, but its origins are much more recent than that. Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, generally agreed by fans to be one of, if not the best movie in the series, is where we first hear this phrase uttered by Captain Spock. He uses this utilitarian logical axiom near the beginning of the movie to give command of the Enterprise back to Admiral Kirk. Then, near the end of the film, he again states this phrase when explaining why he sacrificed himself in order to save the ship from destruction. The phrase gets turned around in Star Trek III when Kirk sacrifices his career for the sake of saving Spock's Katra. His memories, or one could argue his soul. And the resurrected Spock agrees to the sentiment when discussing whether or not to save Chekhov in Star Trek IV, saying that it's not the logical thing to do, but it is the human thing. It's an interesting philosophical question, and one that Star Trek has argued both sides of over the years. That wraps up this episode of Welcome to Geek Town. But don't forget, this show is powered by you, the listeners. I love to hear from you and find out what topics you'd like to learn more about. So please send me an email at welcome to Geektown, all spelled out, at gmail.com. Or leave a comment directly on the show notes at wwwwelcome to the number two in this case, geektown.com. Other contact options include Facebook.com slash welcome to Geektown or Twitter at Geektown Podcast. Also, if you'd like to support the show directly, come join the Patreon at patreon.com slash welcome to GeekTown for just a dollar per month to get access to full scripts of the shows, outtakes, and a monthly shout-out. You can also help the show grow by subscribing and giving a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts. To join the Geektown City Council, which helps other people find the show, so we can all tell them, Welcome to Geek Town, Population, Us. Welcome to Geek Town is written, narrated, edited, and produced by me, Kurt Austin. The theme music is by Aaron Levitz, logo art by Archie September. All other sound clips are the copyrighted material of their respective owners, and no infringement is intended. Follow